You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For the ANA Champions of Growth Podcast, I'm Matthew Schwartz. The New York City Marathon, scheduled for November 5th, is one of the city's most iconic and diverse sporting events. The 26.2-mile race attracts 50,000 runners of all backgrounds, ages, and abilities from throughout the world. Ditto for the tens of thousands of spectators who line the city's streets to cheer on the runners and revel in the excitement. But this year's event has some extra juice marketing-wise, a rebranding campaign featuring a new design and visual identity for New York Roadrunners. It's the first rebranding campaign for the organization in more than 10 years. The campaign adds a new twist to the brand's It Will Move You campaign, which rolled out in 2017, by focusing on the entirety of the marathon, not just the runners, but all of the stakeholders involved. Erica Katz, head of brand marketing and studio at New York Roadrunners, joins me now to discuss the rebranding campaign, how to align rebranding with the RFP process, and the growing importance of design when getting the message out. Erica, thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Matthew. Excited to be here. I appreciate it. Erica, you're gearing up for the New York City Marathon November 5th, and the event has been accompanied by a rebranding campaign that launched earlier this year. When was the last rebranding, and what told you it was time for another rebranding for the organization? I'll start with our last rebrand. In 2014, our title sponsor, Tata Consultancy Services, signed up for an eight-year sponsorship partnership with us, and that was to go through 2021. It was a really exciting time. It brought two really strong brands together, the New York City Marathon and Tata Consultancy Services, and that is when we first developed our branding together. While I wasn't here in 2014, when I joined the organization in 2015, since then, my team and I have spent many years applying these logos and the branding tools to various assets. We learned so much about what our needs are are. And of course, there have been some refinements through the years. It's important to note that in 2020 and 2021, the TCS New York City Marathon celebrated our 50th anniversary and our 50th running, respectively. It was really a great time for us to look forward to the future of the TCS New York City Marathon and to the next 50 years. We were thrilled in 2021 when TCS signed on for another eight-year contract with us that would go through 2029 as the title and technology partner of the TCS New York City Marathon. Around that same time, TCS launched a new brand identity of their own. So we sort of had a convergence of events. We had the TCS contract extension, we had the TCS rebrand, and as well as the TCS New York City Marathon was looking towards the next 50 years. With any brand, it's really important to be thoughtful when determining when to rebrand. But to do it in a nonprofit with implications that span 26.2 miles and beyond, we really needed to take into account our resources, both with time and financially. And this trifecta of events really crystallized that now is the time for us to begin the journey. And we targeted 2023. So the constellations were really aligned at this time, considering all these facets you just talked about for a refresh. It was as, as perfect of a moment as I think it could have been. How did you execute on the rebranding operationally? Who's involved? What are the goals? How are you measuring this? For us, the planning began with identifying what those milestones are and the stakeholders that we needed to get us through the process. Of course, that's led by the marketing team and our leadership team. But our sponsorship team was really a key stakeholder as well due to the support and partnership of TCS, 
as well as the key partnership with New Balance to ensure that we had alignment in the merchandising production timelines and deliverables that we needed to produce in advance of 2023. Those key dates all came together. I'll share that we received a resounding endorsement from our friends at the U.S. Open after they revealed their new brand identity a couple of years back. So we were able to contract the renowned brand consultancy group, Chermeoff, Geismeyer, and Haviv to create a new brand identity. And they really did partner with us throughout the process. The process of developing our brand identity and guidelines took, I'd say, between eight and 10 months from the initial audit period where we conducted interviews to finalizing our success criteria, and then ultimately getting into design development, trademark searches, and and delivering those final guidelines. And once those guidelines were delivered, that's where we had to engage the rest of the organization in in the rollout. We worked with our internal strategy team and IT and digital teams to ensure that all of the deliverables aligned with our timing to, quote unquote, flip the switch to our new brand identity. And the timing lined up really nicely to align with when we open up our application period earlier this year. Perhaps the largest lift was placed on our internal studio and event production teams, because as you'd imagine, rolling out a new brand identity for the TCS New York City Marathon means that, as mentioned earlier, you're rolling out 26.2 miles of new signage for November. Our goal through this process was really to plan as much as possible, to use every hour available in the past two years to allow ourselves to deliver on our goals, to inspire runners in our community with the new New York City Marathon brand identity. The rebranding also reinforces the organization's It Will Move You ad campaign, which launched in 2017, but with a new focus on the entirety of the marathon, not only on the runners. Can you talk to the ad creative for the campaign and who you were trying to engage when it comes to the entirety of the event? The campaign's premise was to capture a range of emotion that everyone feels as a part of this awe-inspiring event. When we embarked on a new RFP for this campaign to go alongside the new brand identity, we wanted to build on the energy and in line with our new brand identity. We could not have anticipated that our decision was that we were going to continue with the It Will Movie platform. We saw a variety of platforms and campaigns throughout our RFP process, but what was pitched to us by Yard New York City was a pretty bold move. They stripped back our existing campaign. They placed focus on different elements, the city, the runners, the spectators, our volunteers, and presented the strategy to lean into showing people that emotion and saying less and allowing our audience to feel it. We're giving space with our imagery and we've simplified our copy lines to really allow the viewer to feel whatever it is they want to feel, whether it's that excitement and wonder and perhaps the nerves as you're ascending the Verrazano Bridge, Mm -hmm. or it's the grit and the strength of watching someone push across the 59th Street Bridge. And of course, it's every emotion in the book when you're at the finish line. We wouldn't begin to predict what emotion our runners or volunteers feel when they're standing at that finish line. But I think we can agree that one thing's for certain, that it will move you. We're talking to a broader audience and opening up for that audience to see and feel that emotion. What are some of the marketing channels you've been using to promote the race? And how has your media strategy changed due to the rebranding? What's different about the messaging architecture now? For our brand, we have two time periods where we have a more amplified messaging Um, One coming at the beginning and one towards the end of our cycle when we're promoting our races. The first one's our application period. Historically, this has occurred during the first quarter of the year. 
while we're fortunate to be well-known event in the category with the largest marathon in the world as the category leader, we want to continue to attract and inspire new runners to our race and to our community. We use a mix of both owned and paid digital media platforms to promote our application period, more so leaning into digital during the application period. The second time period is as we approach November and this year, November 5th, and want to get folks watching the broadcast or coming out onto the streets to cheer and support. While we continue to use own channels during this time to talk to our runners, we do a broader mix of digital and traditional transit and out of home channels to cover the city during the second time period. We really begin to develop our plan in October with our, I'd say, unofficial announcement that that it's marathon season in New York. Uh, I think so many folks in New York really look forward to this day and believe it's the best day of the year in New York City. For us, the goal is to alert folks that we're back and we're in season. So you take a sort of a media agnostic approach in the sense that you try to hit all channels. We try to focus it on when there's a stronger call to action. It's really important that we stay connected throughout the entire year. What was the thinking behind the new logo? Can you describe the before and after for listeners and what you want the new visual identity to convey to your audiences moving forward? Our previous logo suite consisted of four different logos and each had a primary and secondary version. That gave us eight logos to choose from and eight logos that our audience saw throughout the journey. Now we've landed at a place where we have a total of two logo options. This simplification is really key in allowing our brand system to strengthen and be more memorable in the future. We wanted to highlight a bold icon inspired by New York City, which appealed to a diverse audience and was also dynamic. The icon is just such a strong piece of our brand identity. And though through the development process, we explored a range of icons, some leaning close in, to our former design, others more abstract. We also explored alternate icons, but in the end, conceptually, we thought there was a lot of merit with the use of our Statue of Liberty, the clear representation of New York City. The torch symbolized achievement, which was synonymous with what our community's achieving. There were these nice diagonal thrusts, which posed a dynamic quality. Visually, we thought that there were more opportunities with our mark. We had various graphic languages being used. There were some fussy details. Uh, Lady Liberty's head was slightly tilted. There were some voids in the stripes, little things that just didn't reproduce that well in some fabrications. What CGH did was really reposition the icon and design it against two different access points versus the one the way it was designed previously. And this created a stronger, bolder angles and lines and allowed the mark to hold up at the smallest and grandest sizes. Next was choosing the color. One of the most interesting parts of this process was that we stripped away the color to look at the icon and logo design. When it came to bringing color back into the mix, CGH really cautioned us that there's no bad colors, but there's a lot of feelings that folks have in reactions to colors. And we knew our audience would be no different. So as a result, I think it was really important for us to ground the colors that we chose in meaning, uh, meaning for our organization to be rooted in our community community and synergistic with our partners. And ultimately, you'll see that we chose to be inspired by the flag of the city of New York, which we chose a vibrant orange and deep blue. In the end, I think it just comes together really well with our simplified word mark, our refined icon, our bold new color, and our partner TCS is um, mnemonic placed on top in their full color gradient. We really want folks to see this mark as representing the strength and the boldness of our brand inspired by our community and embracing the spirit of New York. Stay with us. There's more to come. We now take a break for a brief message regarding Greater Good Magazine. 
Greater Good covers a wide array of brands and organizations that are looking to do good for humanity. Stories run the gamut, from a program sponsored by Chipotle to reduce food insecurity, to the eco-initiatives of the U.S. Postal Service, to the New York Islanders providing funding for canines to become guide dogs. The publication is designed to inspire marketers along with the real-world intelligence they need to drive growth and boost their value. Find the publication at www.ana.net slash champions of greater good. Welcome back. We're speaking with Erica Katz, head of brand marketing at New York Roadrunners, about the organization's rebranding campaign and the upcoming marathon. Erica, I want to broaden the conversation a bit and get a sense of some of the marketing lessons learned from the rebranding efforts. What were some of the surprises? Some of our surprises were actually lessons learned. Number one, I'd say if you're able to work with a trusted partner who's gone through this process before, I think that's really important. In speaking with colleagues with whom I've worked with throughout my career, I didn't realize how rare it was for a marketer to get the opportunity to go through a rebranding exercise for their brand. And I can't say enough about the valuable partnership of Tom and Siggy and the entire team at CGH. Beyond the work that they were contracted to do, they were just a true partner. They helped to educate and guide us through the process. They were patient never surprised when we had a hurdle to step over and they just knew how to take us to the finish line. One of the biggest surprises is where we ended up. In many of my initial discussions with CGH, we spoke about sort of the continuum of design and change and how we'd be looking at a range of designs close in and some others further out. I have to say that, of course, I had some sort of expectations of where we'd land, and yet I wouldn't have guessed where we landed. This was a surprise, but it was also a learning that even if you go in with expectations, allow yourself to keep an open mind at the end of the day. You don't have to end up where you expect it to as long as you end up in the spot that's right for the brand. As a community running organization, folks, they feel deeply rooted into our brand. They have a passion. We've learned that our runners tell us what they like and at times what they don't like. And I have to say, when we revealed our new brand identity earlier this year, we had an overwhelmingly positive reaction to the logo. There was such strong engagement. We saw several playful orange puns come across our channels. The excitement and build towards 2023 event, there was speculation about what's the new New Balance merchandise going to look like with the bold orange colors. And just this enthusiasm we saw was really overwhelming. If I had to turn this surprise into a lesson, the lesson here is tell the full story of how we got to where we did. That was really valuable for our community and allowed them to embrace our logo because we explained those roots. Did you leverage some of the user-generated content you got from your audience? Our social team is really terrific about engaging with our runners and being more playful with it. More to come. How did appealing to both younger and more diverse audiences help to inform the rebranding campaign? Our attention is always to appeal to a broader audience. We're the category leaders. This year, we had over 128,000 applicants. And last year, we had close to 16,000 international finishers. We had 131 folks finish from various countries and across all 50 states in the U.S. I think with New York City being the capital of the world, we're just proud to have a varied and diverse field from around the globe. We always strive for our campaign to represent a diverse field of runners with different ages and abilities and genders and ethnicities. This year, we've bought more breath and added in the focus of our volunteers, supporters, and beyond. Emotions are universal, and hopefully our campaign resonates with everyone who participates and celebrates this event. In terms of reaching younger viewers, did you skew towards social channels? 
We have a really strong digital marketing team. The team has consistently turned out really thoughtful social media strategies. Our brand is so fortunate that we have the ability to connect in person with our multiple times each week at races or community programs at the NYRR Run Center. When we look at our social channels, we amplify and engage with runners who participate in any of our community and race offerings. We can go beyond that to provide inspiration and tools and education to allow our community to reach their goals through coaching and training tips along their journeys. We also use social media to connect the running community. We want to create a deeper, more connected community and celebrate our running culture. Great thing about our event is whether you're a runner or a supporter, it really is a positive and, and a unifying event that brings people closer together. And our social channels are really an opportunity to allow that engagement and positivity to continue throughout the year. Okay. And as we start to wrap up, what are some of the most effective ways to blend the physical experience, which is primary for an event like the New York City Marathon, with digital channels and platforms? There are a few events that compare to the experience of watching and volunteering and participating in the marathon. We know that we must connect with our audience beyond that first Sunday in November in New York City when folks are in town for, for the big event. For our runners, this can be a 365-day journey to the start line, and our goal is to stay connected and provide support along the way from our application period when we're using our owned and paid digital media to communicate directly to our runners, to our local in-person training programs. We also have digital running lab virtual training platforms where we have the ability to educate and support and guide our runners through their training cycle, to the encouragement and shared storytelling on our social channels through the training cycle to allow folks to feel part of the community as they each go through their individual marathon journeys. And for race day in New York City, the TCS New York City Marathon app powered by Tata Consultancy Services provides runners with all the details they need to know about race week, about race day, and allows family and friends to track their favorite runners through their journey. So it really does come together nicely. And I have to say that we can't forget that if some folks are unable to get to New York City to run the marathon or to gain entry into the TCS New York City Marathon that year, we do have the virtual TCS New York City Marathon powered by Strava, which allows runners to complete 26.2 miles from wherever they are and cross that virtual finish line together. And in some cases, they can opt into receiving a not virtual, but real finisher medal mailed directly to them after the event. As you said, you know, not much can compete with that in-person experience, but by utilizing our digital channels and platforms, we can connect with our audience 365 days of the year. And we hope that that deepens their connection with our brand. Moving forward, are you going to be ramping up investment and efforts into the virtual race? The virtual race is going to continue to be a strong part of our offerings. Of course, in 2020, we were leaning into the virtual offerings, and we were fortunate that that product existed prior to 2020. So we already had a built-in audience, and it was really about bringing it to a larger community. And we'll have to leave it there. Erica Katz, Head of Brand Marketing at New York Roadrunners. Thanks so much for joining me. For more information about New York Roadrunners and the rebranding campaign, go to www. .nyrr.org. Be sure to tune in next time when I'll be joined by Doug Novak, Managing Director, Business and Industrial Markets Practice at Google, to talk about the raging debate throughout B2B precincts regarding performance marketing versus branded advertising. If you would like to recommend a guest or topic for a future episode, please email me at mschwartz at ana.net. And be sure to subscribe to Champions of Growth wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now.
I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.